Yo, yo, what up, everybody? Good evening. Happy Monday, each and every one of you. It is your boy, Pastor D from Bermuda. I am here hosting tonight in place of our pastor, Pastor James Doggett Jr., Pastor JD. I'm just sitting here in the seat filling his spot. Listen, y'all, I hope that you've had a great, great Monday, that this Monday has been amazing for you, and that you have seen the hand of God do something for you today. And if you can't think of anything in Monday that God did for you, then let me say this to you. He woke you up this morning. Okay, if you still can't think of anything else that God has did for you on this Monday, let me say this to you. He woke you up this morning. And if you still can't think of anything that God did for you on this Monday, can I say it again? He woke you up this morning. God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in, QR2 family. Where you at? Let your boy know where you're coming from, where you're representing from. Please tell me where you are coming to us from. Of course, like I said earlier, your boy is from Bermuda. I'm always repping for my people, so I hope my people are here on the stream tonight because we got one of our own, right? He's one of ours, but I'm going to say that till later. But tell me where you're from, where you're repping from. And then, of course, as always, as always, please share the link. Do the, do, do the thing and share the link. Share this link with somebody. Do your part and make sure that you are sharing this with your friends. I see you from Pennsylvania, Blakesley, Pennsylvania. Okay, that's a new one for me. Share the link, let folks know. But as always, North, Car North Carolina, stand up, Charlotte. As always, we are not here by ourselves. I got someone else in the room with me. Someone who's gonna bring that energy right with your boy. Where is he? Hey, there he is. Pastor Rashad is in the building. Come on, Pastor Rashad. How you feeling today, sir? All is well with you. I'm feeling good, man. Today was a public holiday in Bermuda, and so um, I actually, I actually just got back from the beach. Yes, all y'all can wow. be envious. Wow. I just got wow. back from the beach. Wow. Man, everything is fantastic over here, man. I'm just excited for tonight. Um, I don't know about you, but I know who is bringing the word tonight. And and I know I know I know that 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 God works through and with everybody, mm -hmm. but there are certain people um, well, that he uses in a unique way. So I've been looking forward to tonight since the beginning of this um, QR prophecy edition revival. So I'm so excited for tonight. So excited. Yeah, me too, bro. I've been really excited just looking here. Um, I mean, again. Props to every preacher who has preached so far, right? They yeah, have all yeah. done. Everyone has done a phenomenal job. Absolutely. As we've turned the corner into this week. Yes, sir. Man. Man, did that boy Pastor Nixon preach on last night? Man, Andrew, Andrew brought a whole, uh, brought it to a whole nother level. I think he qualified and clarified some things for a lot of people. Absolutely. And a lot of people walked away blessed, man. I was, I know I was blessed. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I saw you in the comments. I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I was there. I was definitely there. I saw you in the comments, man. And, and I, I was having a good time as well. And in the midst of, you know, the good time and everything that's going on, man, of course, um, you know, two sets forward, two sets back. Yeah. Um, some of the mess that's happened on this weekend right. in the United States and Atlanta and yeah. parts of California as well. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we we want to be conscious of those things and and you know speak to those things and just let our audience know that we are not immune to it, nor are we Very deaf true. to it. Um, I don't know if you want to say something to those things, Pastor Rashad. 
man, you know, Atlanta is near and dear to my heart um, personally. And and to see literally the city on fire, um, a chain of individuals across the highway stopping traffic in protest. Um, it was just surreal. And if anything, um, I really think that for the people of God, it should cause us to be very contemplative, very, very reflective about what our role is and what our response should be in times like these, man. Um, it's it's been a very sobering experience over here in the states, and then um, in a place that's near and dear to my heart um, in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. So, man, it's it's what 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 a time to be a follower of Jesus. Absolutely. What a time to be a follower of Jesus right now. That's absolutely. What's on my mind. Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like how you put, how you frame that at the end. What a time to be a follower of Jesus and. And I'll add this, this is how you, I mean, everyone has said and really been complimentary about the QR, right? Mm -hmm. From the very beginning. And yeah. now the QR too, that man, you can definitely see it was God breathed, it was God ordained, you know, especially when many of us were on lockdown and couldn't go, really couldn't go anywhere. Right. Like right. QR, right. the first edition was, was timely and needed to help kind of lift people up and let them know, man, that, that the church and the, the word of God can still roll on. Here exactly. we are in this next season, though, in QR2, and you said mm -hmm. it, man, what a time to be living. Exactly. What a time to be exactly. living, and what a time for these messages to be preached right exactly. now. That's exactly. timely, bro. Exactly. And so if y'all exactly. don't think that God did it, man, if y'all don't yeah. think that God was in this, man, then you're yeah. not paying attention yeah. to what's going not on, you know, around the world, and then what's being said virtually. Exactly. And that's why I need to tell y'all, man, y'all got to share this thing. If you have not done it already... Go and press that share button, please. Please press that share button so that you can share this link. And then for those of you saying, well, I got friends and family who really don't get down and don't know how to really operate um, uh, Facebook, then guess what? We got it on YouTube, too. You can go and direct people to our YouTube page as well. We are there. Quarantine Revival, all of the messages up there as well. And so please... Make sure that you're sharing. Make sure that you're being that you're doing your part to spread this message and share this with people. Because again, like Pastor Rashad said, what a time to be living in for the people of God. And if there was ever a time for God's message to be heard and clearly articulated the way it has been, it's now. And so, thank you, each and every one of you, for sharing right now. And once again, y'all can still tell us where you're from. You can definitely still tell us where you are from. And it's all, yeah, I see you, Long Island, and it's all in an effort, right, to share and for us to do what we have to do as people of God. We are the army of God, y'all, so we might as well get up off our seats and do something. Part of the way that you can do something, okay, I see you, you are one of his members, all right, kind of getting the cat out of the bag who it's going to be tonight, but... We as a people have an obligation to do something. We have an obligation to help the disenfranchised, the marginalized, and the victimized. We have an obligation as the people of God to look out for the abused, the brutalized, and those who are being treated cruel, cruelly. And so please, people of God, let's do what we can. And in that vein, man, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you. Whenever we've made a call here, the QR and the QR2, for you all to give, guess what? Y'all have been faithful. Y'all have been faithful in your giving. You have given willingly. And so I just want to say on behalf of the entire QR team, 
Thank you so very much for your willingness to give. Uh, Pastor Rashard, I know you're working things in the background, but if you can jump back in here and talk to us about some ways that we can give, that our people can give. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, as you know, um, we have been so very blessed to to be able to be a blessing. Um, I think that that's something that's very relevant nowadays. Um, people really want to know that when they contribute, that what they contribute actually gets to someone and helps the quality of their life. And I will say that the church of the quarantine revival has been very practical and impactful to different people. And we do want to continue to thank you um, for your contributions. Um, we do want to remind you that there are multiple ways for you to contribute. You have, of course, um, the PayPal. Um, you have the PayPal, the paypal.me at theqrevival. Um, you have the paypal.me at the Q revival. And then, of course, you have the cash app, um, money sign, the Q revival. That's the money sign, the Q revival. And then, of course, you can go to the Q revival website, the Q revival.com. And, and we're so very grateful for all of you who have contributed in that way. We do want to reemphasize that we do have a prayer team um, this time around for the Q Revival. And if anyone has any special prayer requests, anything that's going on in your life, um, and you just want someone to pray for you, or if you're willing to share your contact information, um, someone to pray with you, um, we invite you to reach out to us um, with, at theqrevival at gmail.com. And as soon as possible, we will have someone reach out to you. Um, your information, your 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 prayer requests are completely confidential, um, and we're just so um, grateful that that you would even allow us to pray with you at this time. So we're just so excited again for what God has in store on tonight, um, Pastor Damon Hendricks Hendrickson, and I'm just I'm just excited, man. I know I know that God has a Rima word, if you will, for yeah. this time that 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 no matter what you're going through and I love the word of God for that way that not only can the word of God speak to what's going on in the world but mm -hmm. simultaneously it can touch what's going on in your life yeah about prophecy and I'm listening to Pastor Nixon preach last night and I know the implications for it worldwide but I don't know about anybody else out there I felt it for me mm -hmm. um, I needed a reminder that the Sabbath is not about all the rules and regulations, but it is about righteousness by faith in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but that that was that was good to me. I think that was a necessary and 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 relevant word for the moment. What about oh, you? Abso absolutely, man. I was shouting in my living room. <laughs> I, I was sending messages to colleagues like, man, if you are not on this thing, you need to come on this thing. He yes, really um, did a phenomenal job with making that plain as far as the seal of God and the yes, Sabbath sir. and its relationship. And man, I just love the way the way he made it so relevant and so timely and, and just down to earth. And that's one of the things I've really enjoyed about a lot of our preachers, right, during this prophecy edition is that yeah. they have made things that for so many years have seemed so big and daunting, yeah. seem so very relevant and easy to understand. And I, I love that about everyone who's come along um, here uh, in this thing. And we do have a preacher in the house tonight. We do. We do. And you you see, I think we both ha know him. So maybe you can tell us something about him and then I'll try to tell everyone something about him. 
You do that, man. We, we, we'll do that. And, and um, But before before I do that, before we do yeah. that, I do want to give the folks an opportunity, man. We want to pray for the people. Yes, of sir. Course we, of course, we got to pray for the people, man. And so um, I'm going to ask if you don't mind having prayer for the people tonight. And then I'll say something I know about them. And then you can close that thing. Um, that, sounds me, sir. that sounds good to me. Oh, I don't know what everyone out there is dealing with um, in their lives on an individual basis, but I'm always so glad that we serve a God. Um, and I like what the word says, that his um, arms are not so short and his ears are so are not so deaf that he cannot hear us or reach us. And, and, and I'm just so grateful that even over the medium and through the medium of the internet and social media, that we can pray a prayer and the God that we serve can take a general prayer and apply it to each and every one of our specific situations. So if we could just bow our heads together, um, whether you're on your couch, whether you're driving on your phone, whether you're just listening in as you walk around the house, um, let's just pray together in whatever posture of the Spirit leads you. Father, thank you so much. First and foremost for Jesus. All he is to you and all that you bless that he would be to us. We thank you, God, first of all, for Jesus, that you gave your son to us um, to not only to not only show us the way, but to save us from ourselves. We are so grateful this evening, God, that because of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that the things in our life can grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Father, we thank you for everyone who is tuned in and everyone who will tune in, Father. We thank you that you have prepped every heart and every mind for this moment. Father, I thank you in advance for making this a turning point in someone's life. Father, we are not here for information, but God, we are here for transformation. And God, we know that only your spirit, your Holy Spirit can work minds and work hearts. So God, in the name of Jesus on this evening, we thank you. We thank you for everyone who's tuned in. We thank you for everyone who shares and who will watch after the fact. And we know that even when things seem as if they're against us, that that as long as God is for us, that you will get the glory that you are due. Thank you so much, Lord, for everything you've done and will do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Amen, amen. Tell us something about the preacher, Pastor. Listen, what I'll tell you about him is that I have enjoyed over his spirit. He has such a humble spirit and he's willing to learn from anyone he comes in contact with. And I love that about Rich, that he has... Uh, has a willing spirit to learn. It doesn't matter if he's older than you or if you're, if he, or if you're, excuse me, older than him, he is willing to listen and he's a sponge. He absorbs all that he comes in contact with and he applies it to his life, not just his ministry. Of course, as I kind of alluded to the other night when he and I were hosting together, he is family. He did marry one of my cousins. And so uh, I, I definitely rate him as a good dude. Um, but again, even before he got to this point, I just always have been impressed with his spirit, his willingness to learn from everyone he comes in contact with and then apply that to his life and his ministry. Uh, that's what that's what I want to share with everybody, man, that we have a brother here who is humble, who's willing to learn. Rashad, you share something and then we'll go right into the musical meditation. The next voice you will hear after that is that of Pastor Richard Martin. Yeah, yeah, I, I echo exactly what you said. 
um, that that it's hard to find someone that you can comfortably say that's a good dude right there, <laughs> and and have no if ands buts or about it. Richard and I we go back um, to Pine Forge Academy. We always have to put that out there that we go back to Pine Forge Academy. I could say it a few more times. We go back to Pine Forge Academy and we matriculate it through there. And I just remember. Um, I remember there the spirit of God at how old were we 16 and 17 years old leading us in those oh so immature I'll, I'll go ahead and call it that those immature moments leading us to do some impulsive yet God-led things and I praise God for this about Rich that as mature as he is as much as he's grown in God, that he is still as sensitive to God's voice now as he was then, that he doesn't have that hesitation, um, that when you hear that inaudible, um, invisible voice, <laughs> if you will, come from the sky, um, that he doesn't hesitate, but he says what God wants him to say. He does what God wants him to do. And if anything, God leveled him up by having him marry your cousin. So I know that on this evening um, that we will be blessed. Um, I know that on this evening we will be taken higher by none other than Richard Dion Martin, um, after the song of meditation, that will be the next voice you all will hear. And I pray that you all are blessed. This is my daily prayer unto you, less of me and more of you. I surrender myself to you. I cry, hear my plea, cause it's not my will, but yours be done, oh, not my will, but yours be done.
Let the church say amen and amen again. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. I don't know where you are right now. If you're watching from your bedroom, your living room, your dining room. Hey, you might even be listening or looking in from the restroom. But if you want God's will to be done in your life, won't you just shout amen in the chat feature? Come on, let's say hallelujah together giving God the exclusive praise, honor, and glory that is due his name. I don't know about you, but I want God's will to be done in my life. For I believe in my heart of hearts that the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. I want to say thank you so much, Pastor J.D. Thank you, Pastor D., my brother, Pastor Burden, for your love, your support, your prayers, and just for the opportunity to hang out here at QR2 this evening. I know I speak for everybody online right now, those who have tuned in in the past and those to come. When I say this is a God sent therapeutic experience, it has blessed my life and my family's lives. And I'm just glad to share a word with us today. I want to call your attention without any further ado to the first Thessalonians, first Thessalonians, the letter to the Thessalonican church. It's a New Testament letter penned by the Apostle Paul. Would you meet me there in the fourth chapter? It is from this place that God has a word for us, and I pray that it will reach every person just where you need to be reached. I'll be reading 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. From the New International Version, here is what the word of God says. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Here is what the word of God continues to say. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise, say it with me, everybody, first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I want to read just once more for emphasis, verse number 13, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. I want to speak with your prayers and the aid of the Holy Spirit from this topic 
there is hope on the horizon. There is hope on the horizon. Would you pray with me? Father, in Jesus' name, in the stillness of this moment, we ask that you would perform a miracle, transform the common spaces that we occupy into sacred spaces. I pray that you would tune our hearts into the frequencies of heaven and allow there to be a clear signal. Turn the soil of our hearts so that as the seeds of your word are planted, they might find good ground and produce a bountiful harvest that will bring your name, honor, glory, and praise. Less of I and none of me, more of you and all of thee. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. There is hope on the horizon. My heart this evening, my brothers and sisters, is extended in love and compassion to the hopeless. If you've ever felt hopeless, you know that there is nothing more confining and intimidating than a hopeless existence. I have felt hopeless before, broken, confused, wondering what tomorrow would bring. I felt hopeless on that day as a sophomore in college when I received a phone call from a fellow friend one of our college buddies, dear friend of ours, larger than life personality, who had been battling cancer from, for some time, had lost the battle. We prayed sincerely, fervently, and earnestly that God would heal his body, revive his strength, and restore him to the fullness of campus life and activity. We visited him on that Saturday evening after the Oakwood University Aeolians had sung a full concert at the Madison Mission Seventh-day Adventist Church there in Alabama. Afterwards, without even changing from our uniforms, we went to the hospital in Huntsville and sat with him as he sat with us and we began to minister to one another, iron sharpening iron. We said, you're gonna get out of this hospital and you're gonna come back to Oakwood. We're gonna finish our degrees together. We'll get married and preach the gospel together. We'll grow old together and be lifelong friends. Little did I know that after praying and visiting and singing and exchanging words such as, I miss you, brother, I love you, and we'll see you soon, that in less than 48 hours, I would hear these words, Quinn didn't make it. Oh, I felt helpless. What about you? Have you ever sat on the edge of your bed in the midnight hour with your feet dangling into eternity, tears coming down your face? Have you ever had to pray, but it seemed like the more you open your mouth, the less words found room to come out? Have you ever felt hopeless? Have you ever felt hopeless when all that seemed right in your world somehow became wrong in your world? In a matter of moments, oh, I have felt hopeless. And I know that I'm not the only person listening right now who has ever felt hopeless. I would dare imagine that right now someone feels hopeless. You are alive and awake. You're even tuned in to QR2. But if you had to tell the truth, I know the chat feature is normally lit up with affirmations and raised hands and rocket emojis and affirmation for the preacher who is preaching. But, but if we were to tell it all in the chat, come on, let's be honest. We would tell each other that every now and then I feel hopeless. Perhaps you feel like that young lady I spoke to some time ago who, 
who feels so hopeless, so out of options, like the walls are caving in on her life, that she says, it would be better for me to die than to live. Or maybe you felt the hopelessness that you feel when you are standing over that strange rectangle cut out of the earth, looking down six feet into the mysterious unknown and hearing the preacher pronounce the committal over that loved one as slowly your loved one goes in to the grave. I have been in hospital rooms where no words seem sufficient to comfort that mother who was weeping unconsolably as she stood over the lifeless form of her son. You and I know what it's like to feel hopeless, but here is the gospel for every hopeless heart. Here is the one, here is the message for the person who is on the verge of despair. Here is a message of consolation for the ones who know the sting and the pain of grief, who know what it's like to be in the concerning crucibles of chaos and catastrophe. For the ones who right now, as you're listening to this preacher preach, I want to tell you from the outset of this message, even though the soil of your life's shores are stained with sorrow. Lift up your head, child of God. There's hope on the horizon. Your right now might have more questions than answers, but there's hope on the horizon. The surrounding landscape of your life might be laden with woe and burdens, but there's hope on the horizon as we look on the news and as we listen to the radio, as we scroll through our social media timelines, it doesn't seem like there's a reason to hope, but I wanna declare with all the energy I have tonight, there is hope, <laughs> yeah, Lord, on the horizon. It takes a great deal of faith to believe that even though my feet feel like they are in sinking sand, there is hope on the horizon because the horizon preacher seems so far away. But I read somewhere that you don't hope for what you already have. You hope for what you're expecting to receive. So I haven't even given you the points yet. We haven't even come to the word yet. I simply want somebody to proclaim with me from your heart of hearts with as much faith as you can muster up. I might not see it all right now, but through the eyes of faith, I believe, oh, I believe, there is hope on the horizon. Hmm. I believe this is what the Apostle Paul, that missionary, the gospel globetrotter had in mind when he took his pastoral pen and that piece of papyrus and begin to write a letter of consolation, comfort, and hope for the saints of God in the church of Thessalonica. Paul was instrumental in planting the seeds that erected that church. It probably wasn't very large. Scholars suggest it was a house church, but even though it was a house church, the Spirit of God filled the church. This church, who the letter says had turned from idols to God. This church who had received the message, not as one from humans, but as the word of God. This church whose faith was not confined to their locale, but spread to surrounding cities and fellow churches, encouraging their brothers and sisters on the way. This church, 
knew what it was like to experience the joy of fellowship. You can see this church and perhaps you can find yourself in their story. Many of them had received the teachings from Paul with their own ears together. They had taken Bible studies together. They went to church frequently together. They ate together. They fellowshiped together. They encouraged one another together. They marched as Christian soldiers together. This church was just like us, knowing what it's like to feel the thrill of a life lived that is pleasing to God. And can I just pause to suggest for the person who is teetering back and forth, vacillating in the valley of decision that there is no greater peace, no greater satisfaction, no greater fulfillment than that which comes when you finally say all to Jesus, I surrender. Yes, Lord, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. There's no greater joy than that which comes when you say, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. This was the unapologetic and unashamed decision of the church of Thessalonica. We will follow Jesus and we will not turn back. Ah, but every decision comes with persecution. Every commitment will be challenged. And this was their experience as a result of their bold stand for Jesus Christ. There were those who had not made the same decision who began to oppress them, who began to persecute them, who questioned their decision. So volatile and vehement and vitriolic was this persecution that it even robbed some of them of their lives. The Thessalonian church was mourning and grieving because they had not only experienced the thrill of a life that is pleasing to God because they had experienced the pain and agony of a life that is robbed because not everyone will support you in your stand for God. So at some prior correspondence before Paul writes 1 Thessalonians, they had written to him, explaining to him what they were going through, what they were feeling. I suggest that they might've put in their letter to Paul, Paul, we're feeling hopeless. It's not because we don't believe Jesus is Lord, and it's not because we did not believe the message as you gave to us, but, but Paul, we did not know that the persecution would be so intense so as to rob us of loved ones so near and dear to us. And, and can I just ask to see if I'm, if I'm all by myself, but have you ever lost those who had served God faithfully and dearly, and, and you didn't think that they should ever lose their lives. Have you ever had to attend the funeral of a great statesman or stateswoman who had preached or sung or lived for the cause of Christ and then some disease robbed them of their health or some accident ended their life? Have you ever been there? I know I have. And the church in Thessalonica has as well. And Paul writes to them in words that I wish I had penned first. He says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13, brothers and sisters, family language, I do not want you to be uninformed, King James Version, 
ignorant about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind, here it is, who have no hope. Notice how Paul opens up this treatment, this thought unit where he seeks to in a very intimate and personal way encourage and buoy the hopes of those whom he calls brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, I know that you're hurting and I know that you're in pain and I want you to know Paul does not say you should not grieve. Let me clarify that really quickly because there are some persons who have this false belief that as Christians, we should not grieve, that it is somehow more sanctimonious to bottle up all of our emotions inside and never let a tear fall out of our eyes, down our faces. It is somehow more holy to keep it together and to tell people to get over it, that we knew life would come with its difficult days. But can I be the first to release somebody right now let you know, hey, it's all right to grieve. In fact, we are invited to feel the fullness of emotions that come very understandably and naturally and humanly when we lose a loved one. Anger and confusion and denial and bargaining will lead us to that point of adjustment and adaptation to that new normal. Even Jesus wept and he's the greatest person to ever walk this earth. Paul says you can grieve, but notice what he says. You and I as believers don't grieve like everybody else grieves because we grieve a grief that is bathed in hope. In other words, he says, my brothers and my sisters, go ahead and cry. Weep, even mourn, wail if you have to feel it to the fullness of those feelings. But don't ever relinquish your hope. Don't let go of your hope. As one person said several years ago, even though you grieve, keep hope alive. I wonder if I have anybody out there right now who, who's just encouraged at the first verse of this text, verse 13, to know that I can grieve but have hope at the same time. That hope and grief don't have to be mutually exclusive. That I can have consternation and anticipation at the same time. I'm grieving, but I don't grieve like everybody else. The moment I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, my grieving experiences in this life became different than what Paul calls the rest of mankind. The rest of mankind attends funerals and memorial services and views death as the great final note beyond which there is nothing else. But he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Why does Paul say that? Because Paul knows, like some of us, that ignorance can be bliss. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ignorance can be bliss. There are many people who approach death's door. Loved ones who have seen friends and relatives and family members breathe their last. And I'm not making light of death because many persons' lives have been taken away cruelly. Some have, have gone naturally of, of understandable causes, but others at the hand of violence. This nation right now is in an outrage because people are employing violence and killing folk without any cause. Death hurts the heart of God. And I want you to know that it is on this note that the enemy loves to insinuate doubt. He wants us to approach death and experience grief without hope. But I'm glad that Paul wrote this letter. He says to us, you can grieve, but don't let go of your hope. In other words, 
Hope is always still on the horizon. Pastor Martin, yes, my friend. Why do we have hope in the first place? Look around, Pastor Martin. All that's going on, and you're talking about hope. There's a pandemic that is causing death, and you're talking about hope. There's racism and violence that is causing death, and you're, call, you're talking about hope. There's domestic violence that is causing death, and you're talking about hope. There are various strands of cancer that is causing death, and you're talking about hope. Pastor Martin, how dare you talk about hope during times like these? But can I, can I just make a case? I want to make a case, my friend. I, I, I hear you, and that's, a, that's an understandable question. But there's a reason why we have hope. And the reason we have hope, number one, is because our hope is founded on past evidence. I'll say it again. The reason I have hope and the reason you can have hope and the reason we can have hope, oh God help me, is because our hope is founded on past evidence. It's right there in verse number, number 14. Here is what Paul says after he says you can grieve and hope at the same time. He now issues them a word to remind them that their hope is founded on past evidence. Here's what he says. For we believe that Jesus died, but wait, rose again. Don't miss it. Don't run past it. It's a story that we know all too well. Jesus died, but he rose again. In other words, he turns their attention to the past. While they are grieving and struggling to hang on to hope, he just turns their gaze back to the past and says the reason why we have hope is because it's founded upon past evidence. What's the evidence, Pastor Martin? It's right here in verse 14. In summary fashion, Paul presents the gospel on which our hope as believers is founded. Jesus died, but he rose again. Oh yeah, they hung him high and they stretched him wide. He hung his head for me, he died. But that's not how the story ends. Three days later, he rose again. And can I suggest that packaged in the life, death and resurrection of Christ is more hope than this world has enough time to talk about. One of my favorite writers says that the the, the, the plan of redemption and salvation shall be the science and study of the redeemed throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. But I want to illustrate it just like this. Here is the past evidence that we have. I am an overcoming. I am a recovering. I am a recovering WWE fan. I don't watch it as much as I used to. I used to watch it back in the day when it was WWF, the World Wrestling Federation. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody out there know Jimmy Fly, uh, Superfly, Jimmy Snooker? Anybody know the big boss man? Yoko Zuna, do I have any Stone Cold fans, any of the Rock fans? But, but listen, my favorite WWF superstar, I'm talking about back before the Attitude Era, you got to go back all the way to the golden age of wrestling, was this tall brother with the 24-inch pythons. He had long blonde hair and a bald cul-de-sac in the middle. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Where are all my Hulkamaniacs out there? Hulk Hogan 
was and is my all-time favorite. He could cut a promo like no one else. He could work the crowd like none other. But invariably, no matter who his opponent was, whether it was the Ultimate Warrior or Andre the Giant or the Million Dollar Man or Macho Man Randy Savage, invariably, uh, Hulk Hogan would get himself locked in what they call the sleeper hold. The sleeper hold was a, a move, a maneuver, where the person would wrap his arms around the, 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 the oppressed and would squeeze, as it were, the life out of them until they would rock and shake and lose their energy. And then Hulk Hogan would lay there seemingly lifeless on the squared circle. Now, my father can tell you that as a little boy, I didn't know that these were staged events. I didn't know that this was just for entertainment. So I would stand in front of the television screen and I would say, come on, Hulk, get up, Hulk. You can't go down like this, Hulk. There's more life in you, Hulk. And all my wrestling fans know this, that the rule said that if the referee raised up Hulk's hands and it fell down three times that the match was over. And so the referee would come to Hulk's hand and lift it up and then it would go down. And the, the opponent would, would glee and, and smile and, and, and boast as if he had already gained the victory. Then that hand would go up a second time and come down. And it seemed like all hope was lost. All the hokamaniacs in the crowd had their hands on their faces and tears coming down their eyes. And, and they didn't know whether or not Hulk was going to break out of the sleeper hole this time. But, but, but the referee would raise Hulk's hand the third time. And about halfway down, there would be a shaking in the ring and some newfound energy would come into the veins of Hulk Hogan and he would break out of the sleeper hold, leg drop on his opponent and win the match. Well, can I tell you what happened in that garden? They put Christ's hand up on Friday and it came down and the enemy thought that all was over and that the hope of all believers were lost. The hand went up on Saturday and it came down. The, the host of the enemy's camp thought that they had Christ conquered forever and that the grave and death would be victorious. But when the hand went up early Sunday morning, it didn't come down. The grave opened. Jesus snatched the exclamation point out of the hand of death and slapped grave in the face. And he stood with all power in his hands, overcoming death hell and the grave and it was this that paul pointed back to he said if jesus conquered his grave i feel it right now you know he's conquered the graves of all those who believe the reason why we grieve and have hope is because it's founded on past evidence oh he died paul says but he got up and because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know who holds my future. My life is worth the living all because he lives. He says, since Jesus died and rose up again, here's what we know. God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. In other words, instead of it being a pity party whenever we bury believers, 
It ought to be a praise party that our tears are not just tears of sorrow, but they're tears of joy. They're not just tears of grief, but they're tears of hope because we know that we've got past evidence that says he is the resurrection and the life and death is already defeated. So right now, it's no longer a period. I, I, I studied English in Oakwood as well as theology. So I, I'm into punctuation. Prior to Jesus resurrecting from the grave, the enemy thought that there was a period on everybody's grave. But when Jesus came up, the period on every believer's grave passed and that would be in the future was transformed from a period into an ellipsis. A period says this is final, but an ellipsis says to be continued. And can I just shout right now that next to the grave of every believer, every blood purchased person who has lived valiantly for Jesus Christ, it's not a period on the gravestone. No, it's an ellipsis. It says this is just a pause to be continued. It won't end like this. And now Paul is caught up in my mind's eye. I see him. His papyrus paper is wet with his own tears. And he begins now to write. He says in verse 15, here it is. This is my second point. The reason I have hope is not only because it's founded on past evidence, but the reason you and I have hope, my brothers and my sisters, is because it fuels our present confidence. That's right. That's right. We have hope because it fuels our present confidence. Don't miss me. Because while Paul is writing to the Thessalonian church, this might sound strange to some of you all, but Paul was so convinced in the nearness of Christ's second coming that he speaks as if he's going to be alive when Jesus comes. It's right there. He says, according to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. What Paul is saying is not only should you hang on to hope because it's founded on past evidence, but you got to hang on to hope because it's that hope that fuels your present confidence. Paul, we know, has died and is buried and is awaiting the soon return of Jesus Christ. But in the moment of writing, he speaks with such hope and anticipation that he says Jesus is coming any day now, brothers and sisters. Now is not the time to give up on your hope because it fuels your present confidence. He encourages them not only about the plight of the dead in Christ. But he uses the same hope to encourage them about those who are living in Christ. He says the reason we have hope is not just because it encourages us about those who have died. But the reason we have hope is because it tells us something about those who are living. We live in hope presently with confidence. Listen, I live every day just like you. I'm a man just like you. I'm a human being just like you. I feel, I, I feel sometimes uncertain when I'm running around the neighborhood, looking over my shoulders, wondering is there any strange figure in frame looking to take my life? I don't like to stop and talk to the cops. I don't want to get pulled over. I, I, I like you. I can be touched with the feelings of human infirmities. Like you, I'm tempted, but, but my present confidence is fueled by my hope. He says, we who are alive and remain, listen, we're not going to precede those who are falling asleep. In other words, what Paul says is there's not going to be a secret rapture. 
His hope is rooted in the promises of Ecclesiastes chapter 9, which says that the dead know not anything. Acts chapter 1 and 11, when the disciples were gazing up into the sky, the angels had to tell them, stop gazing and get to work because this same Jesus will come again. Titus 2, 13 calls it the blessed hope. John says, Jesus said that he's coming soon and his reward will be with him. Peter says when it comes, the elements will be burned up. And although it seems like people who are agnostics and atheists and skeptics will talk you out of his hope, Paul says, don't let go of your hope because it fuels your present confidence. Let me talk to you, my brother and my sister, who's alive and listening right now. You better keep hope alive because it's fueling the confidence you and I have right now. Hope is on the horizon because it's founded on past evidence. Hope is on the horizon because it fuels my present confidence. But I'm done with this. Hope is on the horizon because it focuses us on our future residence. <laughs> I love it. Paul says, for the Lord himself, I said the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Don't miss this prophetic word that Paul speaks about the future. He says the great culmination of all prophetic utterance is the return of Jesus Christ. Christ came the first time to save his people, but he's coming the second time to get his people. It is the greatest prophecy that we have to look forward to. It is the consummation of the ages. I can't wait until Jesus comes. And the reason why I have hope is because it focuses me on my future residence. Pastor Martin, what residence are you talking about? No, I'm not talking about that mansion that you and I imagined with tall pillars on the outside and wonderful landscape in the lawn. I'm not talking about those streets of gold. I'm not talking about the interior design, which will be aesthetically pleasing to all of your senses. No, I'm not talking about the great vaults of heaven either. I'm talking about a relational residence because when Paul points them from the past to the present and ultimately to the future, he does not speak about infrastructure. He speaks about relationship. He don't say we'll dwell in mansions forever, although we will. He don't say we'll walk on streets of gold forever, although I'm looking forward to that. He don't say we'll fly around in the by and by. He says, and so we will be with the Lord forever. You and I know that a residence is not simply doors and windows, but the residence is who is with you in the house. And so what Paul wants them to be encouraged by is this. You've got hope in the past and hope for the present and hope in the future in the fact that one day you're going to see Jesus face to face. And there is no greater hope that we have than hope in the coming of the Lord. I want you to read this quote with me. It's found in great controversy. I love what the writer says. Page 299, one of the most solemn and yet most glorious truths revealed in the Bible is that of Christ's second coming. 
to complete the great work of redemption to God's pilgrim people so long left to sojourn in the region and shadow of death. A precious joy inspiring hope, there it is, is given in the promise of his appearing, who is the resurrection and the life to bring home again his banished. The doctrine of the second advent is the very keynote of the sacred scriptures. Here is the message, my brothers and my sisters. Hope is on the horizon. I know we're grieving right now, but hope is on the horizon. I know we're hurting right now, but hope is on the horizon. I know it's heavy right now. But hope is on the horizon. I wish I could reach you where you are. But just go ahead and reach yourself and encourage yourself in the Lord through those tear-stained eyes, through the sorrowful atmosphere. Hope is on my horizon because it's founded on past evidence, because it fuels my present confidence, because it's focused on my future residence. The dead in Christ shall rise first. The living in Christ shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And I can see it in my mind's eye. Angelic hosts accompany the conquering king called Christ as he comes to collect his diadems. I can see it in my mind's eye. The voice shall sound and the keys will unlock death. Can you see your grandmama come up? Can you see your daddy come up? Can you see the faithful of the past come up? Can you see your children who breathed their last breath before they ever met their first birthday? Can you see them coming out of the grave? Oh, I can see Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I can see Adam and Eve, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I can see Samson and Esther. I can see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the one I can't wait to see is the face of Jesus. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercies and his grace in the mansions, bright and blessed. He'll prepare for us a place. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of him in glory will the toils of life repay so onward to the prize before us soon his beauty will behold soon the pearly gates will open we shall tread the streets of gold so come on texas come on maryland come on cali come on germany Come on, Jamaica. Come on, Africa. And help me close this sermon. Shout it out with me. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we're going to sing. We're going to sing. And if you can't sing, we're going to shout. We're going to shout the victory. Shout yeah! Shout yeah! There's hope on the horizon. Woo! My brothers and my sisters, I know it's hard right now, but there's hope on the horizon. I don't know where you are right now, but there's hope on the horizon. And the gospel invitation is extended to one and all. If you hear his voice hard and not your heart, 
The hope we have in grief is not in ourselves, it's in Christ. And if you want to see Jesus face to face, if you want to be reunited with loved ones who have fallen asleep in him, my friend, my brother, my sister, young and old, you got to be in Christ. I extend that invitation to you today. We've been making a call night after night after each prophetic preacher has presented each prophetic message. You've had the opportunity and I know your hearts have been burning within you. And I want you today to take your hope to the next level. You can't hope in men or women. You can't hope in swords or spears. You can't hope in chariots, houses or land. Your hope must be in Jesus. You need to be baptized. You need to be prepared so that when he cracks the sky and comes to collect his own, whether you are dead or alive, dead, caught up first, alive, caught up with them who have been risen first, you can say with the entire family of the redeemed, lo, this is our God. We have waited for him. He has come to save us. I want to pray for you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you that although we stand right now, many of us on shores of uncertainty, as we look forward through the eyes of faith, we can say hope is on the horizon. You shall come. You will come and you will not tarry. And it's my burden and my prayer that the decisions that are being made to commit lives to you and recommit lives to you would be sealed for time and eternity. So that when time shall surrender and plunge its sword into the shores of eternity. And when eternity shall assume its endless reign and we shall live ever in your presence, I pray that we shall be with you eternally. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Let every hope-filled believer say amen, amen, and amen. God bless you and God keep you. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. After a shot, we 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 got a problem. <laughs> and the problem is is that we have just heard such a powerful, powerful word. Yeah, yeah. Powerful, powerful word, man. I, and I really do appreciate that, Pastor Martin, man. I, I appreciate that word so often, so often that text is confined to, and I would dare say relegated to, uh, uses for funerals and memorials. Uh, how often do we hear someone take it from that context Yeah, yeah. and teach us about hope? Yeah. And see, I said we got a problem. I, the, the problem is that the doors of the virtual church are open. That's yes, right. they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> they, they are open. And I want each and every one of you to understand this tonight, that these preachers are not here to play games with you. They are here preaching the word of God. And the problem is that you may be sitting in your home not recognizing that God is pulling on your heartstrings, that God is really trying to speak to you through these men and women of God through tonight's message, a reminder that we have our, our hope is founded on past evidence. It fuels our present and it allows us to focus on our future, man, that you have a future that Christ has lived and died for and ascended to heaven 
and intercedes for you right now. And I want to encourage you right now, man. Go to our page. You can fill out the Bible. You can fill out the form for Bible studies, yeah. prayer. And if you want to be part of this virtual baptism, y'all saw it in the QR1. We had a virtual baptism. Yeah. If you want to be part of this virtual baptism that I believe that God is really trying to move here and, per, and position us for in the QR2, I invite you to do that right now. Pastor Rashad, I know you burning to say something. Go ahead, say yeah. it, man. Man, and, and sometimes through, through social media, through the medium of the internet, things can feel impersonal. But I'm convinced one of the things that God has taught me and continues to teach me is that faith finds a way. Yeah. Pastor Martin made a call for someone to accept or recommit to Jesus Christ. Do not let the, the, the monotony of religious exercise cause you to not reach out. If you felt the Holy Spirit prick your heart, work your mind, reach out to us. You see, you have the form available um, through the QR if you want to email. If you know any of the pastors who have preached during this QR um, revival, reach out to them. If you're not sure where you can get baptized or where you can get Bible studies, reach out. Do not let this moment pass you by. Pastor Martin, um, we do not want to let you sign off without praying over you. Um, I've always believed that whenever someone does something powerful for God, that if you are not already, that you are emphasized on the enemy's radar. And we just want to pray not only a hedge of protection, but as gifted as you are, as far as your ministry is already go go um, gone, we want God to double that. We want him to give you more than what you already have, make you more thirsty and desperate. So if we could just bow our heads together um, as we pray over you. Father, thank you so much for Pastor Martin and the ministry that you have blessed him with, the gifts that you have blessed him with, the family that you've surrounded him with. And Father, we on this evening as the QR Church family, we stretch our hands towards the screen. We reach out in our minds toward Pastor Martin, and we claim in the name of Jesus a double portion of your spirit. Father, he's preached all over the world, but what you have in store with him will continue to blow his mind and our minds, not because of his name and, 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 and for his renown, but Father, in the name of Jesus, because he knows where his help comes from. <laughs> and Father, because he knows where he his help comes from continue to pave the way for him to share messages just like he shared this evening because we are living in a world that is devoid of hope and father in the name of Jesus we look forward to seeing your hand and your power in his life work mightily and we know that you can do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up everyone who has tuned in and everyone who will. Those whose hearts and minds have been pricked, give them the strength, the unction to take the step to reach out and have their faith find a way. Father, I lift up Jaquanda Mackey, who multiple times during the stream asked for prayer. We call out her name in the name of Jesus. Though we may not know the details of what she's going through, you do. And not only do you know 
what she's going through, you know exactly what and who and when she needs it. So we claim that on her behalf. We thank you for every minister in the comments section. We thank you for every family represented for the, from those who are tuned in. And God, we look forward to that day where we will make it home and our hope will be made complete. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. 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 Listen, again, Pastor Martin, thank you so very much. QR family, thank you all for being with us on tonight. We appreciate you. want to let you know that as much as we have had a good time tonight, um, we know that tomorrow night God is going to continue to just take us higher. And we have another preacher with us. Pastor Laron Grobner is going to bring us a word. I'm going to be sitting. I'm, I'm I'm going to be in the comment section tomorrow, okay? I'm going to be in the comment section. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to have a good old time. I'm going to run around my living room. You see the lineup this week, man. You do not want to miss this week, man. Pastor Nixon hit it out of the park last night. Pastor Martin hit it out of the park last night. Up to bat next is Pastor Ron Goldner. We know he's going to do it. Pastor Kelly, uh, uh, Pastor Roger Hernandez, and then, of course, our very own president, Dr. Leslie Pollard. And then we have the mystery speaker. He has a very identifiable silhouette. I won't share who I think it is, but he has a very identifiable silhouette. But remember, in order to get that prize, you have to guess the mystery speaker and the psalmist when that flyer comes out, all right? So God bless you guys. Pastor Burton, if you could one more time just put up on the screen for us all the ways that our people can give, all the ways, once again, that you can give. You can go through PayPal. Uh, that's the Q Revival at PayPal. And then you can also go to the Cash App. That's the money sign, the Q Revival. And then, of course, you can go to our website, theqrevival.com. You can still be a part of this thing even when it goes off tonight. God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Once again, I'm sitting in for Pastor JD. It's your boy, Pastor D, all the way from BDA, Bermuda. God bless you. Y'all have a good evening.